Hailing frequencies open and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. A.K.A. Caliban, and when the burn comes, I hope it starts with Twitter. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. Ella, we made it. Yes, (laughs) we did it. Not only to the 11th week of the 23 weeks of Trek, but also through whatever is going on on Twitter right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I keep trying to tweet this picture of my cat to test it. It's not working. So <laughs> yeah. maybe someday you guys will get to see uh, the cat in uh, the pumpkin costume that my roommate bought him. But um, <laughs> until then, <laughs> we're live. Come on, Twitter. You need this kind of content. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, hopefully people were able to join us. Uh, If not, you can always listen to these episodes in our show backlog, either on uh, iTunes, wherever you listen to the show, or on our Spreaker page. Um, Before we get rolling tonight, I wanted to mention that we have got an announcement about the rest of the titles in the uh, canon here for Star Trek Discovery Season 3. Do you want to hear what those titles are? Is that too spoilery? Um, I think I'm ready for the titles. All right. Well, uh, obviously, the title of tonight's episode <laughs> is That Hope Is You, Part 1. Uh, tomorrow's or next week's episode will be Far From Home. So it's not Part 2, but mm-hmm. who knows what's going on there. Uh, then <laughs> People of Earth, Forget Me Not, Die Trying, Scavengers, Unification 3, The Sanctuary, Terra Firma, Part 1, Terra Firma, Part 2, The Citadel, The Good of the People, and Outside. That will be the finale. And none of them were in Latin. Terra firma, part one and part two. Oh, whoop. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, never mind. <laughs> and just looking at it, people are never going to be this is good people. I don't see any obvious Shakespeare quotes here, so we should be okay. <laughs> one win. I was, uh, we'll get into it, obviously, as the weeks go on in the 23 weeks of track. But um, I am under the impression that unification might deal with. Uh, what the previous unification episodes did, that is the uh, uniting of the Romulans and the Vulcans, which may have reached a different stage here in the 32nd century. Do we feel like, I mean, my question is how many episodes are we going to go without the uh, crew? It's a good question. Uh, We can talk about that now. Uh, Let's let's talk about it now. Um, I just feel like, if there's going to be like an overarching theme, is the overarching theme like the search, the and yeah, I don't know for more of the Federation. Is it? I have no idea. I mean, I, you know, it. and they did a good job in their here's what's coming up. You know, um, sizzle reel of keeping that vague. I mean, I could see that if this was this. So this is part one, and there is no part two, and I'm sure that will become clear why that is later. But you'd think, okay, part one. Then part two, we go find the discovery and they've got it all wrapped up, you know, at the end of the second episode and they're back together. But who who knows? They also seem to show us in that little clip that maybe she's going to be spending a lot of time with Book and Grudge on his ship, uh, also looking for survivors or looking for discovery. Yeah, I'm feeling like it's going to take a hot minute before we actually get disco unless, you know, next episode they uh show up thanks to the rules of time and space yeah that's a good possibility or whatever he said you know what i mean 
Yeah, the, um, thir- the third episode's called People of Earth. Um, there is a scene in that in that reel where it looks like they have they're going back to Earth. And we don't see Burnham in that scene, but of course they could have cut around her. So maybe they go off and go, well, hell, we've got a spore drive. Let's go like Earth. Let's go back to Earth mm-hmm. and see what's going on. Or maybe the second, the reason why it's not a part two is the next episode is going to be on disco and without Michael. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but We don't uh, know. <laughs> yeah. But if you've got the best of both worlds, one, and the next episode is family, it's like, <laughs> uh, listen, something here. So who knows? We don't know. It's a whole new world. It's a whole new season of Star Trek Discovery. And tonight we've seen the first episode of Star Trek Discovery, season three. The hope is that, excuse me, that hope is you, part one, the series premiere. We're here to break it down for you. And before we start, as always, we are setting a course for the spoiler zone, listeners. So be warned. We're glad you decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for That Hope Is You Part 1 is Burnham navigates a strange new galaxy 930 years in her future, looking for the rest of the Discovery crew. This episode, like last season's season-ending two-parter, Such Sweet Sorrow, Parts 1 and 2, was written by Michelle Paradise, Jenny Lumet, and Alex Kurtzman. Michelle Paradise is the co-showrunner for Disco Season 3, along with Alex Kurtzman, and she is a co-executive producer on the show. She also wrote the episode Project Daedalus for Disco's second season. Jenny Lumet and Alex Kurtzman previously wrote the uh, co-wrote the short trek Runaway. Kurtzman previously co-wrote with Brian Fuller, the pilot for Star Trek Discovery, The Vulcan Hello. He also has a story credit on Remembrance, the pilot of Star Trek Picard. This episode is directed by series veteran director Olatunde Onsensanmi, who directed the season two finale two-parter, as well as, let's see, I think five other disco eps. Uh, And he also directed the short treks Calypso and The Girl Who Made the Stars. And um, that is about it. There aren't really a ton of uh, facts about this episode. Um, What did you think of that hope is you part one. Um, I, I really liked it. I feel like I don't have, um, a ton to say, which is why, um, we have a podcast obviously. Um, but, uh, it made me feel really optimistic about the rest of the season. I thought it was super enjoyable. I feel like I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have, cause I was waiting for something to happen, whether it was like finding, disco or like something i don't know what i was waiting for but um i really enjoyed it i thought it was really like kind of a beautiful episode i thought they did a really good job it's kind of the trade-off uh, isn't it from going from self-contained uh, episodes to uh to the sort of serial storytelling that yeah when she arrives in the future and we're seeing you know alarm clock birds and, and all this other stuff the, oh my god cute right yeah yeah you, you kind of know Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see some cool stuff, but I'm gonna be disappointed at the end of this because you know there's 12 more hours. I want the 12 more hours, but also yeah. I'm not gonna be satisfied as to uh, what's. We're gonna ask the question, what's going on? We're not gonna get an answer yet, and so uh, that's kind of like yeah, that's kind of the situation that we that we get here um, as we crash land on planet Iceland uh, <laughs> or wherever they are. <laughs> and um, what did you think about the glimpses that we saw of? of this new future in the 32nd century. Um, I think it's super interesting. I think it's fun to play with. Um, you know, I feel like normally we're watching Star Trek, obviously it's set in the future. So we're watching Star Trek like, Whoa, that's crazy. How futuristic. And so it's, I think it's yeah. going to be super fun to see 
Michael and the rest of the crew uh, see stuff that um, they're totally not used to and that they think is super futuristic and crazy. I'm actually really excited about. Um, And I'm excited to see, you know, it's interesting to have like a Star Trek show jump to someplace where the Federation kind of isn't. Um, Yeah. And I'm excited for them to kind of explore more of like what the Federation is and what it means and um, the people. Cause I feel like lately we've had lots of themes of like learning like the, the darker underbelly of the Federation and like all this right. stuff. And so I'm excited to see some more kind of like wholesome content, like raising the flag and stuff was so like, yeah. Um, Powerful. I thought it was powerful. Um, you yeah. cro- let, let me interrupt you because you're crossing through a lot yeah. of great, great topics that I'll forget yeah. all about. Um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I always think it's interesting when we watch a future show and then they go farther in the future. And mm-hmm. th- yeah, you need to show that these characters who already have like replicators are like, whoa, a replicator that makes replicators or, or whatever it is that you know <laughs> takes them aback. And like, I think it's done pretty well in a situation like enterprise where we're already watching our characters in the 22nd century, you know, farther back than we've ever gone. And then they're dealing with um, the guy in the, in the ribbed costume uh, Daniels that uh, comes back and he's showing them holograms and all this weird technology. But like Mm -hmm. for disco, it's strange though, because they've they've sort of updated the visual aspect of disco. So it already has like touch screens and, and holograms. And they go to the mm-hmm. future and it's a lot of touchscreens and holograms. So I'm wondering if there's like, <laughs> and this is, oh, this is the crux of my point here. I should probably say this part. The guy gets a laser toothbrush, right? The, the thing like brushes his teeth <laughs> mm-hmm. with a laser. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. at, at what point, it must max out at some point, like with our human bodies, we've got four limbs normally and, you know, everything else. Um, at what point does technology become enough? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like a pen, right? I need a pen to write something down. Okay, I'm writing it down. Great. Like, how can you improve? Can you put laser lights on a pen, you know, or like a put a stereo on it or something like that? Like, what? At what point do you overdevelop a pen so it doesn't really matter anymore? Mm-hmm. And at so I, I, at some point in the last thousand years, somebody went holding the toothbrush is okay, but what about lasers on your teeth? <laughs> it's just like, is that is that any better than just a little dab of? Uh, a toothpaste on your brush and then just a little back and forth, back and forth spit and you're good. So I'm, I'm... I mean, sounds like no more like drilling of cavities to me. Sounds like the laser does the work. <laughs> Kiss your dentist. Goodbye. Oh, I'm kind of ready. Yeah. We don't have money or <laughs> dentists in our future. Um, <laughs> but I did really like, I, I like the, the nano bed and the, uh, and the sand desk or the nanite desk, you know, the, the trappings of this, not everybody's going to have that stuff, but like the trappings of whatever point the Federation reached, presumably in Daniels' day, uh, having all this cool stuff. Um, but this guy is just sort of, you know, using it to just <laughs> just wait in this space station. I thought that was mm-hmm. a sort of a interesting uh, kind of lonely uh, sort of dark fate for this guy. Until, of course, Michael Burnham comes rolling in. Yeah, I thought, honestly, I really loved... Uh, him and I would I would kill for a bed that like disassembled when I got up in the morning to into nothing. Right, yeah. Um make your bed, okay. Just like melt. yeah. Literally. Okay, gone. Um like his face when Barnum started like saying her rank and everything was yeah. amazing. Um I don't know, did you feel like did you feel disappointed? Did you like it? Are you excited? 
I don't know what to expect anymore. You know, I mean, if you tune into this show week after week, you know that I'm just totally adrift here. I mean, it's not even, and I don't mean this in like that that crappy way that people do usually, but I I don't. This isn't. I don't recognize this as Trek anymore, really. So I know that's part of this because they're going to this. Um, this undiscovered country, the future, and the, the contrast between how they live then and how we expect Trek people to live is going to be different. I, I know that. But I also think that it's an opportunity for them to to basically just open it up and just kind of do, you know, whatever they want with it. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's fine. It's like I've said about all the other new Trek shows. I think um, there's going to be a flavor for everybody, but not everybody needs to enjoy, you know, the particular flavor that's uh, being served. So um, mm-hmm. I, but I, but like I said before, I'm, I'm more sort of intrigued and mystified more than anything else to, to see the, um, the mystery, um, whatever, whatever's going to happen be uncovered. And you mentioned before, um, <laughs> I was thinking as I was watching this, so if like the Federation is all gone, uh, <laughs> whose fault was it was it the bad morals like are the bad morals all gone <laughs> like when the federation is around they've got all these uh stories uh all these scripts about how well, i don't know i think the the apple's rotten from within you know or we've got this bad moral doing mm-hmm. this or we've got problems with section 31 now the federation is gone and we don't know the context exactly why but it's framed as a tragedy and you can tell like you said the raising of the flag like the whole thing is going to be we've got to bring the federation back and it's like are they going to examine at all why it fell and maybe you know i mean did you think it was going to last forever it's not the roman empire right is there something else besides the Federation? Like, is there a point where the Federation can just go, okay, we, we did it, everybody. Uh, smoke them if you got them. I feel like... Well, I don't know how I feel. I think that I'm interested to know more, like you said, about why, like, what happened, why there's so few um, officers and ships left. Um, it sounds like like an ecological disaster, like something something happens to yeah with the dilithium right? yeah yeah so that's intriguing it seems yeah it does does it seem to you that that i mean it's you know i think michael had a line about it she was like but is that all the federation is it's just like ships that are warp capable and it's like yes and no because i feel <laughs> like it, it's like you have in theory you have your morals that are not uh you know really based on just having warp capable ships. But at the same time, it's like if you're going to kind of unite planets across galaxies, that's going to be much harder if you don't have a ship that's warp capable. Yeah. And And so even just slowing it down that much. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, it's that uh, faster than light travel that really makes the whole thing possible. And they mentioned like quantum slipstream and, you know, tried lithium devices or whatever. Like they, there are other ways Mm -hmm. to get around, but it seems like it's mm-hmm. possibly a lot less reliable than it used to be. So, mm-hmm. uh, so who, you know, who knows? I just, I, <laughs> the, the show is, I don't know. I like this idea of um, the, the Federation falling apart and them contemplating whether to put it back together. But I don't think that they're going to really contemplate putting it back together. I think they're going to do everything they can and it's going to seem like the right thing to do. And there's going to be, you know, it's like the hagiography of 
Starfleet, which I feel like is standing in for like America and America, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, losing its way and us getting it back. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know. I think that the Federation was sort of, I don't know, you know, I don't know why Gene Roddenberry originally created uh, his Star Trek and whether or not he actually created the concept of the Federation is, you know, it's, it's an argument, but it was supposed to be something that was like kind of better than America because it was like everybody working together and not just America. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that they take into account the idea that, well, maybe the the Morn aliens uh, didn't like the Federation. Or maybe the Federation was bad to the Andorians. And so mm-hmm. let's make sure that we're putting everybody into it, you know, not just rebuilding what we uh, mm-hmm. had from before Kirk's time. Yeah. I mean, do you not – you think that's not what they're going to do? You think they're going to be like, gung-ho, woo, and here we are. You well, don't I, think they're going to try to I'm be not- like – I, I, that's a, I don't think that they're going to explore it that deeply. I don't think that it, it'll mm-hmm. be anything bad. I think it'll be a real positive thing that they, mm-hmm. you know, they are, she is the hope, you know, that they are here to save the mm-hmm. future from itself. But, you know, I like a little bit of uh, a little bit of mud in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to explore it a little, you know, like sure, with yeah. the, um, the conservation aspect and stuff, you know, maybe it'll be, you know, oh, it was that, that's what, it was. what are they going to call it? It was war- hmm. it was the warp five speed limit thing. They didn't that they were warned to not go over warp five, but they did it anyway. And now all the dilithium <laughs> doesn't work. Those weird scientists were right. Oh my gosh! I also I don't really understand. I guess we're not supposed to understand because Michael doesn't understand. But I'm I'm my initial reaction to him being like all the dilithium exploded was like somebody did that to the dilithium right was that what was your reaction could be could be that's i mean you know that would that would give us a villain i guess if there was a a person or a race or or somebody that that did that Mm -hmm. but it also you know it it kind of puts discovery in an interesting position because as long as they can get their hands on more stelviatory spores then they're the fastest Mm -hmm. ship in the galaxy like they can (laughs) they have unfettered access to everything so which they kind of do anyway but Nobody can even chase them now. Did you notice in the opening, um, boy, I've been obsessed with crystals for three years now, but the crystals are a different color again. They're red or, they're red or pink crystals now. So What crystals? So in the beginning. Oh, in the, in the Yeah, we see credits. the outline of the discovery and they're tumbling crystals. Mm-hmm. They were green uh, previously, uh, presumably because they were time crystals, but now they're like red colored. So what do you know what a red crystal would be? Well, we I don't have you ever come down on a color for dilithium? I think it's I think we it's pink in like Scotty's day, right? He's always messing with like a pink pink crystal, but Is it pink? I don't know. I feel like I only ever picture like that like the like the like white blue like when the you know when it lights up when the when they go. Oh, okay. Does that make well, sense? Yeah. But I don't know. Probably use a different prop every single time they've done something with dilithium. <laughs> but but uh, I just wondered if that was sort of signaling something. Uh, also in the opening, we see um, like what looks like a bunch of robots being assembled. And they look kind of like um, Eve from WALL-E. <laughs> or, or maybe, <laughs> maybe they – I don't know if you remember this. But like in the 1970s, the Fantastic Four got a, a robot companion named Herbie. They looked kind of like Herbie to me. I got to tell you, I have not seen that movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I did not. I guess I didn't catch 
I didn't catch the color of the crystals. I didn't catch the robots. I feel like if they're, I feel like the tinfoil hat crystal thing is warranted, especially since the first two seasons with the time crystals, if they were green and now they're red. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they'd be. I also feel like they're tricky like that. Like they'd be like, oh, put it in the credits. Just to fool um, them. <laughs> but it means nothing. Yeah. Slap it in. Um, change I like it. red. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why not? We also, uh, let's see, we see Bookship in the credits and we see, of course, the new uh, new looking Federation badges. Um, I wonder if, so they talk about um, the Gorn and they say, Book says offhandedly that the Gorn um, destroyed, you know, two light years of subspace. So at this point, it's not just, you know, obviously destroying subspace uh, would have a lot of repercussions. You wouldn't be able to to warp through that area, would you? Or, or at least send um, subspace transmissions. And so not only have things kind of run down, but it's like c- certain groups are actively trying to like sabotage and destroy parts of the mm-hmm. galaxy. Which or they're just is. trying to take over that part of the galaxy for themselves. The Federation's running a thing. Yeah. Possibly. Cardassia type beat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't there, um, was there a Cardassian in this episode? Things are running by so fast. I didn't even. Think. There was that. No, there was the guy that Cosmo who looked exactly like like um that orc from Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, you know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and there was a very smooth, <laughs> very smooth looking Orion. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh my God, I was looking at him in the Andorian and being like, "What is the matter?" I was trying to figure. Why yeah. do you look like that? What is wrong with you? Usually when they do the Orion makeup, it's it's clearly just like green pancake It's makeup. just foundation, yeah, yeah clearly. Yeah, it doesn't look that great. So maybe they were doing a little extra application to, to make it I think they gave him a little – maybe they gave him a little bit of a little bit of an extra jawline, a little bit of prosthetic cheekbones yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And he had like a swoopy hair. Nice square Henry Cavill look. Yeah. <laughs> Henry Cavill's an Orion. Perfect. Yeah. Mustache or no. Oh, uh, what else? Um – I think we covered quite a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. What is Book's deal with the with the? I first I was like, oh my god, he's water bending when he started talking oh, over yeah, the. Yeah, yeah. I have. What is his deal? I have no idea. Absolutely. And none. why, if they don't expand on what, like Michael just sat down and was like, what is it like having a connection to everything? And he was like, it's terrible. I feel all of it all the time. And I'm like, yeah. what is that? What am I supposed to take away from this? What does that mean? He's well. He's got like plant and animal power in, in D&D he'd be a druid right he yeah. can control like the natural world or, or something so he grows like a aloe vera plant or something to help burn his yeah. arm uh, and then of course he's got the slug later on so I yeah I don't know and he's human as far as we know right so is this is this some like uh, alien trait or is it something that has developed in humanity in the span of time that's one of the. I think that's one of the advantages of their new setting is that they can really uh, create a lot of whole, things from whole cloth. Yeah, I don't know because he said that like his family doesn't have it, but then he said it like it happens every once in a while. He was yeah. like every every couple of generations, there's one like me, and I'm like, what? You're what? A superhero? I want an out. I guess he is. <laughs> we had Iron Man last season, and we've got uh, Plant Guy uh, this this year. I hate. Can I just say I hate when the suit stands by itself. Yeah. <laughs> when she was like, go away. I was like, I hate looking at that. I have Uncanny Valley and it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of Uncanny Valley. Or when it like 
it, it she takes it off and it just kind of like like sucks off yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, let's see. Um, I don't know. That's pretty much, I think, all that I had to say. Um, I'm still trying to figure out where part two went, but like, like I said, I think we'll, we'll find out later. Yeah, I feel bad. I wish I had more. I feel like always the first episode is like, we always have more questions than we have answers and we don't really know how to speculate yet. Yeah. yeah. We can't really have like tinfoil hat time or like who's going to die next episode. Like who's in the most mortal danger because like... Yeah, I have no idea, and I don't know if they're gonna see anyone next episode. Like, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm very, I'm very optimistic. I, I was very happy with it. I do feel, like I said, like I was waiting for something. Yeah. Um, couldn't tell you what. Uh, I enjoyed Michael's attitude the whole time. Sneaker's performance. Was, she was definitely taking some time adjusting to to her new surroundings. Um, I, I also like the idea that, um, that book was like, this is part of his religion. Like he says before she asked him yeah. if he's praying and he says, yeah, kind of, uh, so mm-hmm. maybe it's not orthodox, but, uh, I like the idea that they will continue to try to introduce elements of faith, uh, into, mm-hmm. into this world. And you can complain that like, oh, there's no religion in Star Trek. Okay, fine. But I mean, like, people are going to have traditions. They're going to have things yeah. they believe in. And they explored yeah. that in a cool way with New Eden in the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, hoping, you know, now in this new setting, it's all bets off. So we'll, we'll see um, what they can do with that. And finally, if you can't cure a cat's thyroid problem in the future, then what's all this technology for? Come Aww, on. she's just a little chunky. You don't know. Is she's it a she or he? Um, I don't know. <laughs> They are a little, they're a chunk. chunky. Yeah, that's not a, little, a problem. A little chunky but... cat. And what's, yeah. What more can you ask for than just a spaceship and then like a chunky cat? That'd be a good motivation for a mercenary. You know, he's trying to get that one last job <laughs> so he can save up, you know, for his pet's operation. <laughs> to take her, th- to fix her thyroid? Yeah. yeah. You know <laughs> what? Like vet Space vet bills, what a man, weird, you don't know. <laughs> what a weird, like, hold go down. I, I, I like... Pet sat a cat one time that had thyroid problem and I had to give him his little pills. Oh, oh no. where are your little? Where's his little pills? Yeah, right. He's got to have yeah. pills for your thyroid, but a little chunky. Yeah, and of course, oh. because of Book's abilities, he feels the the pain of the thyroid all the time. He's like, God, I feel like tired, dude. I feel sluggish. I'm going weight myself. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm feeling a little, huh? Let's get this fixed. A little weird. Okay, well, uh, I think we did it. Uh, We don't have to hang around for too long. Um, (laughs) I think that's it for us for our show this week. So thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage, this show, are released. And I'm presuming that you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage, or you can email us at EISTpod at gmail.com. And one while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed. Give us a rating and a review if you think of it, because it really helps us out. If you want to help the show grow, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Discovery will return on October 22nd for the second episode of Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery entitled Far From Home, 
which will feature the crew of the Discovery. We'll be here next Thursday to cover it. We'll be going live once again at 7 p.m. Central. So join us then. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at EIST Pod to get notified when we're live and broadcasting. And in the meantime, why not check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every week on the show, I and a special guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek Sphere and interviews with special guests. Our latest episode just dropped, and on and I'm joined by Catherine Trendacosta of the Electronic Frontier Foundation to talk about data rights in the future of the Federation. Does the data that makes you, you belong to you? Do you own the family photos you've got saved on your Federation computer? Is internet access a right in the 24th century? We take a look at the problems of today through a Star Trek lens. You can hear that episode at enterprisingindividuals.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about tonight's episode of Star Trek Discovery. Remind people where they can find you online. Thank you. Um, we are at Generations Geek, um, wherever you listen to podcasts and on all social media. So follow us on Twitter for updates as long as it's working. Awesome. And that is it for us, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we are signing off. This is Aaron for Ella saying live long and prosper. <laughs>